0: Welcome into Devori Darkens Live. This is a daily podcast Monday through Friday, helping you get what you want out of life. Uh, the way that we do that is we help you master your mental game, help you change your mindset the way that you think. Why? Everything starts with our thoughts. What you focus on is who you're going to become. Now, a couple of uh, housekeeping items here. As usual, this podcast is recorded. I am looking at the people on TikTok. We also have people joining us on YouTube and Facebook. If I happen to mention uh, some references, some resources, some things that you guys will be able to download or a book that I'm reading from, you will always be able to access those direct links in my bio. So if you're on the TikTok, underneath my picture, you will find what? A link and that will take you there. If you're on YouTube, uh, my links are in the YouTube description, okay? And if you don't see those, you may have to refresh. All right, now, what are we exactly talking about today? How do you upgrade how you see and feel about yourself? That's what we're talking about, because if you don't change the way you see and feel about yourself. Then you won't take the actions that you really need to take to get to where you want to go. It's just that simple. And the other part of this is not just taking actions, but also what you attract. So if you don't see and feel yourself uh, in a certain way, if you don't feel uh, a certain way about yourself, then you won't attract the things that another person would attract because that's how they feel about themselves. So, for example, you know, if you uh, if you feel confident. If you feel like you're worthy of money, happiness, and love, and success, that's what you're going to attract. If you don't feel that way, you won't attract that. So that's what we're talking about today. And if you're wondering why you should listen, well, that's the reason why. Because, listen, when you came into this life, when you came into this world, I mean, talk about perfection, right? Like, what happened was you grew up. And all this baggage was thrown onto you, right? All these experiences. And they help you become who you're supposed to be, by the way. But at the same time, they cause you to believe that you're not worthy of what you desire. And that happens through our parents, society, experiences that we go through. And because we don't know any better, what do you do? You automatically believe that you're not worthy. And it only takes one time. You could have been a child You were doing something and you forgot to clean your room and your parents came in and said, man, you are just, you are ungrateful. You are not worthy of what we're doing here for you. I mean, it only takes one time for something like that to be said to you when you were a child and you automatically accept it as true. So then you grow up as an adult and that's how you behave. That's exactly what happens. So this is why we want to listen today. This is why what we're talking about is so important. Um, if we wonder if we want to know what's gonna get in our own way, it's the paradigm. Now, if you're just joining me and you don't know what that is, remember paradigms are what? The limiting beliefs, the negative ideas, the bad habits, all in the subconscious mind. If we rolled it up under one word, it would be paradigms, just a mass of habits, mental programming. And so part of that mental programming of yours. Um it's gonna try to talk you out of why you can't do something it's gonna tell you that you're not worthy it's gonna tell you you don't deserve it it's gonna make you look at someone else and believe that they are better than you and it's gonna try to fall uh it's gonna try to get you to fall into this trap of trying to be like other people and live up to their standard and I kind of spoke on that yesterday when I was talking about how do you exactly act like the person you want to be well, I would say this episode today would be a prerequisite to doing that because if you can't see yourself as the person you want to be and you don't feel that way you won't become that person right so that's what we really want to do that's what we really want to understand um, and what we're really talking about is upgrading your self-image now in order to understand all of this let's first go through a story of mine and then we'll we'll talk about the ins and outs of self-image now, some of you guys know my story, some of you guys do not, doesn't matter. But I grew up without a father. Okay, I didn't have a father. I didn't have any siblings. Um my my adopted mother was very old school. So, what happened? Well, I had a self-image that wasn't great. It wasn't built on confidence. Why is that? Well, because that's not what I was taught from a young age. I was not taught how to be confident. I was not told how smart I am. I was not told that I can do this. I can go do that. Um, There wasn't a lot of encouragement. There was more like, hey, here's what you're going to do. And that's it. And we're not going to have a conversation. And although there are times and places where that makes sense for a parent to do. The problem is when you parent that way you end up, what, not developing your child so when they become an adult, they know how to think for themselves. Oh, we got to stop treating kids like they're slaves out here. You know, you're going to do this and do that. I mean, there comes a point where we need to help them understand it for themselves. Well, that's not what happened for me, which is why I know what I'm talking about today because I used to be on the other side where I had a a poor self-image. Just didn't think I was worthy of anything. Well, when... Both of your parents are drug addicts, which is my case. Um, You're sexually molested as a child. You don't get the encouragement you should be getting. And then you have to start growing up all on your own. Well, what happens? I naturally developed a self-image that I believed that I was not worthy of love. I was not worthy of success. I was not worthy of happiness. I did not deserve it because I didn't get that when I was a child. And literally that's how it happens. The polar opposite happens too. When the child gets the love that they're supposed to get, when the parents are very encouraging and they allow the child to make their own decisions and they teach them how to think for themselves, they become naturally confident. So when they this is this is why you see people who are very confident. Okay? And I'm not talking about fake confidence. You know people who are ab- absolutely confident. The point is is that When they grew up, they didn't have someone in their ear telling them that they couldn't do X, Y, or Z, that they're no good, that they're not worthy. And so we have to be, and I'm just going to say this really quick, because this is, as a child, this is what I went through. You have to be very intelligent as a parent on the words that you choose to use, because every word that comes out of your mouth, your child will accept as true. That's how the mind works. They don't have a conscious mind. They have a subconscious mind and it's wide open. It will accept whatever's going on around them. So if you are not being aware or if you're not aware of the words and the language that you use when you speak to your child, your intentions may be positive, but the words that you're using are wrong because subconscious mind is just going to hear the words that you give it. So, That doesn't mean that you allow your child to control you and run all over you. No. What it means is that if you want to raise a child that becomes very confident, who has a great deal of self-love and self-worth, that starts at a young age. That starts by showing them love. That starts by teaching them how to express love. All those things. And if you're like me, when was the last time when you were a child that someone taught you how to love yourself? When's the last time somebody taught you how to express love? Right? We don't learn this as children. So we're ignorant when we become adults. We, There's a lot of people that I talk with today. They don't even understand how to love themselves because they never saw it. Right? This is what self-image is all about. It's about the way that you see and feel about yourself. That's what it's about. And that's what's going to dictate what you're able to do in your life and what you're able to attract. It controls the vibration you're in. If you don't see yourself as a winner, you keep seeing yourself losing and you feel like a loser. You're in a low vibration. And that was me. So when it came to love, low vibration. Didn't think I I deserved it. So what would I do as a result? I would self sabotage, right? I would attract people who also had the same energy. They didn't know how to love either. And this this is what would happen. Didn't feel I was worthy of money, so when I would get the money, what would happen? It'd go right out. I'd blow it. See, your self image is like a thermostat in your house. You know, you set the temperature of what you want and that's exactly what you're going to get. Well, when you were a child, your parents set the temperature of your life, of your self-image, the way you see and feel about yourself. It's your responsibility to change that setting to match the goals that you have for yourself. So if your goal in life is to be healthy, you got to see and feel healthy. Right? You got to see yourself as a healthy person. Right? You got to be that person. This is really we're going back to what we were talking about yesterday. But the self-image, if you want to talk about a limitation in life, self-image. If you don't see and feel yourself as the person you want to become, uh, it ain't going to happen. And the, the, the fact of the matter is most people don't understand this. They're unaware. They don't know that they have an image of themselves embedded in their subconscious mind that they did not put there. And that it controls the vibration they're in and it controls what they attract. It controls how they act. Your self-image controls the way you speak, how you present yourself to other people, how you communicate. You know you have a poor self-image when what happens? You can't have a conversation with anybody. You overthink it. You get awkward. You start, you set off this anxiety and then it goes bad. Because there's a lack of confidence, right? You know you have a poor self-image when you keep allowing people to take advantage of you. You know you have a poor self-image when you don't stand up for what you believe in and what you love in your life. You know you have a poor self-image when you're right on the verge of creating the success you want and you sabotage it. You know you have a poor self-image When you care too much about what other people think of you. And so you go out there and you seek the validation. You're looking for the approvals. You're looking for acceptance. And you're never going to find it. Because it's an inside job. You have to live from the inside out. Not the outside in. And the problem is that's what most people are doing. They're living from the outside in. Meaning they allow what's happening in the outside world to dictate what their worth is. Just because you may not be earning the money you want to earn right now and you don't have the amount of money you want in your bank balance, that does not mean you're broke. But that's what a lot of people do. They identify as a broke person. They say that they're broke. They believe that they're broke. They see and feel themselves broken. So what happens? It keeps happening. Nothing ever changes. See, everything begins with thought. If your thoughts that are dominating your conscious mind are thoughts based on lack, poverty, scarcity and fear, that's who you become. Cuz that's all you're focused on. That's what you emphasize. That's what you give your energy to. That's how you see yourself. Now, for quite a few people out there, this is the self this is your current self image. Especially if you grew up around parents who struggled with money constantly, Complained about money all the time. Drama around money. That may have impacted your self-image around money. Your self-worth around money. Do you feel worthy of the money? Do you believe that money is a great thing? Do you believe it's easy to earn money? See? We we didn't create that. The way we grew up did that. So I didn't understand that. Uh, you know, when I was younger, when I was in my 20s. I didn't understand that. So I was this one angry, depressed, filled with anxiety. That's what I was because how I saw and felt about myself was all negative. So people would come up to me and say, hey, DeVore, you are amazing at that. You are smart, man. You are really great. And um, I didn't believe it. I didn't feel that way. You see, another way to know if you have a poor self image and you need to change it is when someone gives you a compliment, can you receive that compliment without feeling guilty, without feeling awkward? Do you even believe in the compliment that they gave you? Do you absolutely feel that way? Well, most people have come across the answers. No, I can tell them that they're beautiful. I could tell them that they're smart. I could tell them that they're intelligent, that they have all this potential, that they are amazing, but it's not going to matter if they don't feel it for themselves why because it's the feeling part of your mind that controls your behavior so if you're not naturally feeling that way you're not going to naturally behave that way and that's how you can also identify where you're at with your self image now someone who wrote about this Maxwell Maltz and we're going to segue into what are some what are some mistakes you may be making with your self image he wrote about this. He wrote a book on it, Psycho-Cybernetics. Okay? I'm sure you guys have heard this book or heard about the book. Some of you guys probably have the book. Um, some of you guys have not and you're not reading it. So, hint, hint, start reading it. Um, but let's just address some of the issues that he writes in this book that happens with people. Okay. Let's see here. Actually, let me go back here. Okay. Uh, Hold on, I lost my place. It's actually up here. There we go. Okay. One of the biggest mistakes people make with their self-image is they don't understand who they are. They don't understand they have a self-image. If you don't understand that you have a subconscious mind and there are ideas in the subconscious mind controlling your behavior, you will continue to make the same mistakes. So mistake number 1 is because you don't understand what do you do? You naturally tear yourself down. I was saying this yesterday. Most people go on social media and start trying to say, "Oh, well, you know, I don't I'm trying to do this for my haters or I appreciate the haters or uh, you know, they get into these spats with trolls and haters in their comment section when the real hater is them, meaning you have a hater inside of you and you've been hating on yourself for a very long time. Why? Because that's how you've been conditioned. You're the one that tears yourself down more than anybody. A lot of people get all crazy because their their family doesn't believe in their dreams or their friends don't really support them. But you don't need that. You need to support yourself. And you're not going to support yourself if you continue to be your biggest hater. So we have to be honest here. The first mistake that we're making is that you tear yourself down because you don't understand who you are. Who are you? You're a spiritual being. Made in God's image. Infinite potential. You have a purpose here. There's nothing that you can't be, do, or have. Now, whether you believe that or not, that's up to you. But when you don't understand that, you just think you're nothing. You just think, hey, you know what? I can't do this. I can't do that. It's not true. It's a huge mistake. So it just leads to what? You um, talking down on yourself and being your biggest hater. And that holds you back because it doesn't feel good when you do that to yourself. Right? It doesn't. So that's the first mistake. The second mistake is you're a perfectionist. That's a huge one. This, this by far is a huge one for a lot of people. There are so many reasons why people are perfectionists. But one of the ones that stands out to me the most is when you didn't receive the validation or approval from your parents when you were a child you tend to be a perfectionist when you become an adult because you're trying to to seek out this validation or approval that you'll never get and the problem is that's a losing game and it's it's almost like you're going in reverse but you believe you're going in the right direction you're not you know it's almost borderline insanity in my opinion actually i think it is sanity it is insanity um because that's not what per- the word perfect is for if you think about it let's break it down the word perfect is to perfect to get better right you can't perfect if you don't have some level of humility if you can't look at yourself and say hey you know what this is enough let's keep moving and we'll get to where we need to get to, and then I'll come, I'll change, I'll grow, I'll tweak, and then we'll move forward again. We'll learn, move forward again. That's when you start perfecting what you're doing. That's how you perfect yourself, right? You make a change, you step out, you take action, you start executing what you've been learning, you figure out, oh, I need work in this, you start working on that, that's you perfecting. Problem is you never get around to doing that or even looking at it that way When you think day one, you're supposed to be perfect in everything that you do. And quite frankly, in this 3D world, on the physical plane of life, nothing is perfect. You can't be perfect. Your body's not perfect physically. It operates in a perfect manner, but sooner or later it will die off. So it's not infinite. It's imperfect, right? We have scars, we have, you know... Some of our fingers are shorter than the other one, right? Someone has a leg shorter than their other leg, right? Their spine is a little um, curved, right? There's imperfections throughout the entire body. The spiritual side of you, that's where the perfection is located. The perfection is not located in your physical body. It's located in your spiritual self, your higher self. Well, you never get to experience this type of spiritual perfection When you keep thinking, oh, I'm this physical being and that's it and I need to be perfect, you're never going to get there. That's never going to happen. We are supposed to make mistakes in order to learn. I was having a conversation on a coaching call early this morning. Failure and success is essentially the same. You can't have one without the other. It's the failures that teach you how to succeed. It's It's the successes that teach you what you should be doing so you don't fail. But you can't have one without the other. The problem is nobody taught you how to deal with failure, so you identify as a failure. And when you're trying to be a perfectionist, you're basically saying, if I'm not perfect, I'm a failure. And that's just not true. And for the entrepreneurs listening right now, this is one of the biggest, biggest obstacles you have to overcome. Trying to be a perfectionist. It isn't going to work you got to get your product. you got to get your service out there. you got to start helping people. But when you're trying to be a perfectionist during that process, you'll never get it out. You'll never get around to actually helping people because you'll be so caught up in yourself and your product and your service. And, you've, and you're not focusing on actually the client. <laughs> you're not actually focusing on helping them. And the people who can deliver the service quicker and, and solve more problems are the people who win in business. So don't be a perfectionist, but that's the mistake we make. That is the mistake we make. That is a huge one. That is a huge one. And he's going over this in this book. Now, I'm not really reading anything verbatim because um, there's not really... Well, actually, I have one here for you right now. The third mistake is believing in your insecurities. Believing in your insecurities. What is insecurity even based on? Let's actually read it here. This is in Psycho-Cybernetics, by the way, by Maxwell Maltz on page 152. The feeling of insecurity is based on a concept or belief of inner inadequacy. If you feel that you do not measure up to what is required, you will feel insecure. A great deal of insecurity is not due to the fact that our inner resources are actually inadequate, but due to the fact that we use a false measuring stick, we compare our actual abilities to an imagined ideal, perfect or absolute self. Thinking of yourself in terms of absolutes induces insecurity. The insecure person feels that he should be good, period. He should be successful, period. He should be happy, uh, competent, poised. Period. These are all worthy goals, but they should be thought of at least in their, at least in their absolute sense as goals to be achieved, as something to reach for, rather than as shoulds. Since a person is a goal-seeking uh, uh, organism, the self realizes itself fully only when a person is moving forward towards something. Now, let me stop here. This is exactly what Earl Nightingale was saying. Success is when the person who knows exactly what they want, and they start moving in that direction. But what he is saying here is if you truly want to realize yourself, if you want to get out of the insecurities, when you set your goals, you cannot measure yourself based on did you accomplish the goal. You need to measure yourself based on are you moving towards it, right? This goes back to the perfectionism. People will set a goal or they have something they want to manifest. This happens all the time. People who come and they say, well, boy, I want to manifest this. I want to manifest that. I haven't done it yet. What's going on? It, the problem is, is they think that they can have whatever they want, all of it right now in this moment. And it'll just show up right now. They're forgetting that manifestation is not about getting or, uh, you know, achieving these materialistic things. It's about who you are becoming. It's about who you're being. It's about altering, altering your self-image. It's about waking up and feeling like you're going somewhere in your life. That you're living the life that you want. That you're making true progress towards that. But um, that's not the way people look at it. That's not the way they look at it. They want everything now. And yes, spiritually, everything already exists. We do have it now. Because spiritually, there is no time and space. Everything just is. However, in our 3D world here, obviously, there's time. But the problem is this, is we don't understand the laws of the universe. We don't understand that when we plant a spiritual seed in our mind of what we want to manifest, there has to be a timeline that will elapse. Because there's a time between you focusing on what you want and it getting into your subconscious mind. Can't tell you how long that's going to take. You know, that, that could take... Who knows? And the bigger idea that you're planting in your subconscious mind, obviously, the bigger the experience is going to be, the bigger the growth will will be. So manifestation is more about who you're being uh, instead of what you're uh, getting in your life. Now, let's keep reading here. How do you exactly maintain your balance, poise, and sense of security? Well, when you think of yourself as having attained the goal already, you become static and you lose the security and equilibrium and you had when you were moving towards something. The person who is convinced that he is good in the absolute sense not only has no incentive to do better, but he feels insecure because he must defend the shame and pretense. Now, if you guys don't understand what he's saying, he's just basically saying someone who feels like they don't need to grow those are the most insecure people, right? People who are overconfident, right? Those are truly some insecure individuals. Um, So the, the point is what? The point is you want to make sure, you want to make sure that every day you're not trying to be a perfectionist. You're not focusing on what other people think of you. And you're not tearing yourself down, being your biggest hater. Like those are the three big mistakes that I see. And I used to make those myself constantly. Every single day I used to do that. When you treat your life like you have to be a perfectionist, you'll never get you'll you'll it's just gonna get in your way constantly. It it's not a healthy vibration, it's not a positive vibration. It doesn't feel good because When you approach your life as wanting to be a perfectionist, what are you implying? You are implying that you're not good enough. You should realize that you're a spiritual being. You have already been validated. You are good enough. You are worthy of the desires that you have. And it's not about being a perfectionist. It's about perfecting yourself, growing into the person you want to become, That's what it's about. Now, we are not told that from a young age, so that's not our perception of it initially. Right? We think something's wrong with us. We think we're not good enough. And the big mistake here, again, is trying to measure yourself up to other people's standard. That's never going to happen. That's a recipe for disaster. Let's go back to it here. I'm gonna take you guys to the chapter that I always recommend my clients read. so when someone starts to work with me um, through our conversations on our coaching sessions, I will usually recommend chapter ten of this book uh, because it deals with one of the biggest things that holds people's uh, self-image back. So what does that even mean? Well, let's read some of it let's let's go through it. If I was gonna roll up the perfectionism, The tearing yourself down and caring too much about what other people think. Why does that all happen in the first place? Well, you've been emotionally scarred from a young age. So when your parents didn't give you that attention and they didn't say, hey, great job on that. You know, they didn't encourage you like that. That's an emotional scar. They stabbed you emotionally. And um, it stays with people throughout their life. And that's why people behave the way that they behave. So you have to understand how to get rid of these emotional scars that you've accumulated over time. Let's, uh, let's read this. In the case of someone who has a facial scar, excess of protection against the original source of injury can make us more vulnerable and do us even more damage in the other areas of our life. The emotional wall that we build as a protection against ourselves, we end up cutting ourselves off from all other human beings, and we no longer show up as our real self. As we have pointed out previously, the person who feels lonely or out of touch with other people also feels out of touch with their real self. See, what happens is this. Let's say you're riding a bike when you were 10 years old, And you fell off the bike and you really hurt your knee bad. You had to go get stitches. Well, as an adult, chances are you could still see that scar there. And part of the reason why is because, you know, when that happens, we get the most basic health care there is. Now, the thing about it is sometimes uh, when people go into a plastic surgeon's office and they're looking to remove that said scar, that's why the plastic surgeon is there they have the ability to hide that scar, to get rid of it entirely. Just like they have the ability to manipulate how someone looks. right? That's what a plastic surgeon is doing. That's what they're doing physically. Well, you have the ability to do that emotionally to yourself. That you emotionally can go inside and say, hey, I see that I have this scar tissue over here. I see that I have this, um, you know, uh, this... uh, Thing in my past that keeps making me feel like I'm not worthy enough. You know, I need to remove that. Well, you have the ability to to do that. That's exactly what this book, psycho is all about. And I'm referencing chapter 10, uh, which would be on page 165. Okay? Or, excuse me, 166. Now... Let's see, let's look here. When, uh, let me give you guys another example here. What's another example of an emotional scar and how it controls what you do in your self-image? Well, I didn't have a father when I grew up. When you are a, a boy and you grow up and you become a man, you, if you don't have a father, you naturally become very emotional. Because that's what you get from your mother. And you start to become cold towards certain situations because you didn't have a father. And to clean that up requires you forgiving the fact that you never had a father. That's what I had to do. So that's another example of having an emotional scar that that literally is controlling your life. Okay. Now let's keep let's keep thinking about this. Okay. Let's keep thinking about this. What should you do? So let's address this first. What should you do moving forward to prevent yourself from what? Additional emotional scars. For example, I told you the big mistakes here is tearing yourself down. So you're talking down on yourself. You're you are your biggest hater. Two, being a perfectionist, thinking you're not enough. You got to live up to another person's standard. You're seeking validation. And number three, You're caring too much about what other people think of you, right? These are the big mistakes that people make with their self-image. Well, you've got to get yourself to a point where when people make comments towards you, it doesn't matter. It is a well-known psychological fact that the people who become offended the easiest have the lowest self-esteem. You become hurt by the the things you conceive as a threat to your own ego and self-esteem. These type of emotions will thrust uh, and go unnoticed by the person with a wholesome self-esteem, meaning even the biggest digs that someone could, uh, you know, throw your way um, that could potentially inflict a terrible injury of your own ego um, will not even make a dent in the ego of a person who thinks well of themselves. See, this is a type of person who feels deserving never doubts their own capabilities and has a high opinion of themselves. A person who feels undeserving, doubts their own abilities and has a poor opinion of themselves will become jealous at the drop of a hat and is a person who secretly doubts their own worth and feels insecure within themselves. This is why everybody needs a certain amount of emotional toughness. Why? So you, so you can protect yourself from the real ego threats that you're going to receive. Now, listen. I recommend you go read this for yourself. Um, but I'm going to get into the steps you got to be taking to truly start to see and feel yourself uh, as the person you know you are. And that starts with forgiveness. Forgiveness is where it's at. That's the foundation to you seeing and feeling yourself in a new way. Seeing yourself as the person you want to be, feeling that way, you're going to have to forgive. Now, why is that? Because there's there's a chance here that you're holding on to negative situations from the past and you haven't let it go. You're holding on to the pain, you're holding on to the guilt, you're holding on to the emotional scars. You're holding on to it all instead of letting it go. You can't let it go if you don't forgive. You can't let it go if you don't forgive. So how do you exactly forgive? What are some practical steps that you could be taking to forgive? Well, number one, you need to accept it for what it is. You can't change it. It is what it is. It has happened. You can't go back and change it. It is what it is. Accept it. Don't fight it. Don't judge it. Just accept it for what it is. Number two, you got to look for the good in that situation or that person or whatever happened. What's good that came from it? It's not all bad. You may think initially that it's 100% terrible, 100% bad. There's nothing good about it. You may think that, but let me tell you something. Spiritually, you are perfect. That's just your limiting beliefs talking. So you got to take the time to truly sit there and say, hey, you know what? How have I benefited from that situation? Now, for example, I told you guys I didn't have a father. How have I benefited from that situation? Well, I understand the type of father I want to be. I understand clearly what I won't do. I won't make the same mistakes. I'm very sensitive to that. That's a great thing. You know why? Because that means I'm not going to repeat the same cycle. See, you got to look for the good in that situation and take it. And lastly, you got to let it go. Just let it go. Okay. Let go and give it over to God. A lot of you guys say you believe in God. You say you trust God. You know, you you study the word. You you say you are a follower. But when it comes down to forgiveness, you act like you never heard of him. Just just doesn't make any sense. You got to call yourself out on this. If you truly trust the power that God possess, if you truly trust his plan for you, why are you still walking around with all this pain and holding it inside? You got to let it go and let God take care of it. That's the way that it works. If you truly want to forgive, this is what you do. Number one, you accept it for what it is. Can't change it. It is what it is. Number two, you got to look for the good in it. Something good came out of it. You benefited in some way. And number three, let it go. Let it go completely. Just abandon it. Forget about it. It's a waste of energy allowing it to control you. You'll never become the person you want to be if you have not forgiven the people you need to forgive. It just won't happen. By the way, you still don't believe me. Why don't you ask your future self? I want you for a moment right now, every one of you who are listening, I want you to do this for a second. I want you to sit there And just for a second, act like you are where you want to be in the next 10 years. Act like you are your future self right now. What would your future self tell you to do? Wouldn't it tell you to let it go? Wouldn't it tell you to move on with your life? Wouldn't it tell you to stop allowing it to control your decision making? Wouldn't it tell you that life is bigger than that? Right. So this is not just self-evident here, everyone. So one of the things I love reading in regards to forgiveness is this. The quote, I can forgive, but I cannot forgive is only another way of saying I will not forgive. Forgiveness ought to be like a canceled loan, torn in two, burned up so that it can never be shown against anyone. See, forgiveness, when it is real, genuine and complete. It's forgotten. It ends up being the scalpel that a plastic surgeon will use to remove the old. Uh, scar tissue and wounds and heal the person. Forgiveness that is partial or half hearted works no better than a partially completed surgical operation on your face. Pretended forgiveness, which is entered into as a duty is no more effective than a simulated facial surgery. Your forgiveness should be forgotten as well as the wrong which was forgiven. Forgiveness that is remembered and dwelt upon reinfects that same wound you are attempting to remove. If you are too proud of your forgiveness and you remember too much, you are very apt to feel that the other person owes you something for forgiving them. You forgive one debt, but in doing so they incur another. That does not make any sense does it? Again, we've heard the word forgiveness. We've heard it. But have we ever learned how to do it? When's the last time someone taught you how to forgive? You think children are learning how to forgive? They don't teach children how to forgive. I don't believe a lot of parents are doing that because you know why? Because they're not forgiving. You can't give something to your child you don't have for yourself. If you can't forgive yourself, if you can't forgive what has happened to you in the past, how can you possibly teach your child to do the same thing you can't? Now, you may hope that they see your behavior and realize for themselves, oh, you know, maybe I shouldn't hold on to things because I see what's happening with my parents. But that's a huge risk you're taking. How does this impact the money you're going to earn? How does this impact your relationships? How does this impact the quality of your life? It impacts it in every single aspect. Why? Because you're walking around in a low vibration. When you're holding on to things, you can't possibly enjoy your life. You can't possibly open yourself up to bigger and better things when you're allowing the negative past to take up space. It's the way it works. Look, it's this simple, right? Right. I got this book on my desk. Now I can't go and put this coffee cup uh, in the same spot that my, my book is on this desk because the book is in the way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right? I, I can't replace this microphone is sitting right where it's sitting. I can't put the coffee mug exactly where the microphone is sitting. I can't do that. The microphone's in the way. Well, this coffee cup is the good that you desire. The microphone is all that negativity you're holding on to. The good that you desire can't come into your life because it's being blocked by the negativity that you're holding on to. This is why step one to feeling so much better about yourself is you got to forgive. You got to let it go. I have every reason, according to negative thinking, to hold on to things that happened to me. My parents were drug addicts. My cousin sexually molested me. I was bullied in school. I got beat up on the side of my house. I got jumped by a bunch of kids. You know, none of my siblings or the people that were around me, none of them really took any interest in me as a child. You know, I never really got any attention. I could sit here now and just think, oh, man, screw those people. You know, I I hope they burn in hell. You know, I I could do all that. But you know what I'm doing when I think that way? They are in control of me. So I lose. That's a negative vibration. That's negative energy. How can you win when you think that way? The true flex, the true winner rises above that stuff. It says, hey, you know what? That person that did that wrong against me, they I'm done paying the price for that. See, when you're walking around holding on to this negative pain, you know what you're doing? You're continuing to punish yourself for it. That's why it doesn't make any sense. You got to let it go. You got to realize that you've already paid the price. I paid the price for those things already. So why why do I need to keep doing that to myself? Why why do you need to keep doing that? You don't. You got to learn how to accept things for what they are. You can't change them. They happen for a reason, which leads to number 2. That reason, there's a good thing about it. It has helped you in in a certain way, but you got to look for it. And then you got to let it go and let God take care of the rest. See, when I think about my father and my cousin who molested me, why do I need to carry their pain? Because that's what you end up doing as well. When someone makes a huge, uh, you know, uh, when when someone does something um, that is so wrong, okay, lack of a better term, uh, against you, um, the mistake we make is not only do we carry the pain of experiencing that, but we carry their pain too. You have to understand that they'll pay the price for that. That's why I always tell people if a person is involved in gangs, if a person is involved in hurting people with drugs and manipulating people, they will pay the price ultimately. It's called the law of cause and effect. What you give out is what you get back. Now, these people may not be, you know, uh, put on trial tomorrow night, but the trial's coming. It's coming. And even if it doesn't happen publicly, it happens internally to them. They live a life where they never feel like the person they want to be. listen, I'll give you a great example of who a couple of public stories around this topic today. Number one would be the the uh, twind- uh, what is it uh, the tender swindler. you guys seen that documentary on Netflix? The tender Swindler. what's his name Simon? Simon is a guy who has a superiority complex. He has major insecurities. And what he does is he takes advantage of women. He catfishes them. He manipulates them. He takes their money. And then he goes and he starts dating another woman. And he uses the first woman's money to date the other second woman. And he keeps going on and on and on. And he uses their money to travel and jets and and eat at fancy restaurants and all these things. And everybody involved in that story... They all have a poor self-image. See, Simon, his image is so poor that he preys on women and takes their money. These women, their image is so poor that they allow someone to do that to them. They attract each other because that's who they are. And um, because we're not understanding of a self-image from the beginning of our lives, we don't see the signs. We don't know. People are like, oh, I can't believe those women didn't see that. They don't. Why don't they? Didn't they see the writing on the wall? You have to understand. They have a self-image. They have a paradigm. They're programmed. The way they see the world is controlled by their self-image. They wouldn't see it. You have a a great deal of confidence. You respect yourself enough. Of course, you're going to see it. But someone who does not, they won't see it. And this is why I'm saying, as I as I digress here. The good that you desire is not going to come into your life if you continue to hold on to the past. So that's the first thing. You want to upgrade your self-image. You got to learn about forgiveness. And you got to start applying it into your life. You really do. Now what's the second thing? The second thing is you need to start practicing what we talked about yesterday. Being showing up in your life and being the person that you want to be, you got to practice that. Now I'm not going to go into depth about it because I talked about it yesterday. So you guys can go back to yesterday's episode and listen because I dived deep on it, uh, deep on it yesterday. But I will say this: showing up, showing up as a person you want to be, is a daily commitment. It's a practice. It's a lifestyle. Being this person. It's really difficult to be the person when, again, step one, you haven't, you don't know what for forgiveness is. You're still holding on to things, right? You want to show up and be this person who is loving, and you receive love from others, and you're confident, and you know you're worthy of of, of whatever it is that you desire. You have to forgive. So, step one is forgiveness. Step two is you start showing up as that person. That's what you do. You start showing up. You start seeking opportunities to express this new self image of yours. Now, I'll give you guys a great example of this. Uh, One thing that I started to do was um, I started to show more interest when I would talk to people. So before, I wouldn't care about talking to anybody because I had a poor self image. I was insecure. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't want to talk to nobody. Leave me alone, give me 50 feet. And when I started to alter my self-image, I started practicing how I would show up. So if someone started to talk to me, I would literally be like, you know what? Let's really get into a conversation. Let's practice this. You know, that's what I'd tell myself. So that's me showing up and being the person I want to be. Another example would be um, when someone would, uh, let's say, let's say somebody does something and I initially start to think, oh, they're trying to take advantage of me or, Oh, um, you know, they're, they're trying to get over on me. I immediately, I say, well, wait a minute, this is another opportunity for me to act like the person I want to be. And the person I would want to be would never think that way. Right. And so that's another thing that I started to uh, do. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's it. You got to show up as a person you want to, you want to be. Now, number three is this, and this is more of a, uh, Um, a technique. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to say that number three is not only the next step, but also the action step of this entire episode today um, is you need to start talking to yourself in the mirror as the person you want to be. We talked about this a little yesterday. You know, there's something about looking in the mirror and at yourself and smiling at yourself, sending yourself positive vibes through the mirror. It comes back to you. You know so that's one of the most powerful effective things I ever did I did for myself I used to be a person that would never smile would I would not want to take pictures don't come over here with the camera I'm good uh, you can take a picture of me anytime you want I got plenty of selfies I'm always on social media now putting up content well that wasn't me five years ago uh, you couldn't find me on social media and so um, part of that is because I looked in the mirror every single day and I started telling myself, hey, I love you, Devori. You're worthy. You are deserving. You're good enough. You're perfect just as you are. And I just keep saying these things. I love you. I love you, Devori. I love you, Devori. And I just kept reciting it. I kept looking in the mirror, kept reciting it, kept looking in the mirror. And sooner or later, you know what happened? I started to smile. Then I started to feel that way. Then I start laughing in the mirror. And then now it's just natural. It's repetition. Now, paradigm in you is going to say, ah, man, DeVore, you know, does that really work? Or, God, isn't that a little weird? I got my kids in my house. I got my spouse. You know, am I going to wake them up? Who gives a shit what they think? How can you be the wife, the husband, the parent you want to be if you can't do a simple exercise like this? Like, this is about taking control of your life taking control of yourself and another person's opinion, that's not that you got to get out of that. And I'm, and I'm saying that because I know your paradigm is going to try to talk you out of doing this. I don't have any time. I'm tired. It's too late. It's too early. It's going to give you all of the perfect excuses. Again, that's the enemy. That's the villain in your story. You have to understand what's going on. That negative voice in you is not you. You have it, but it's not you. You got to look past that. And that's part of what your future self would tell you. Hey, don't pay attention to the negative voice. Just do it. That's what it would tell you to do. So I've given you guys, I think one of the most powerful conversations today about truly upgrading your self-image the way you see and feel about yourself. We talked about first... What are the mistakes that you may be making? Number one, you care too much about what other people think of you. Number two, you're a perfectionist because you're trying to live up to a standard you'll never live up to. Uh, and what? Number three is you tear yourself down. You are your biggest hater, not the trolls in the comment section, not your friends, not your family. It's you. It's you. And so, what do you do about it? Well, number one, you gotta forgive. You gotta forgive your parents. You got to forgive whatever family member did, whatever they did to you. You got to forgive life. You got to forgive yourself. You do that by what? Accepting it for what it is. Can't change it. It is what it is. Number two, there's something good about it. The law of polarity. There's an opposite, opposite to everything. There has to be something good about it. Look for it. And number three, let it go and let God take care of the rest. That's it. And for the people who believe in God, you believe that there is a God. You say that you trust God. Well, here's your moment. You can say it all you want, but are you acting that way? I really find that, listen, if you can't forgive, you're not in harmony with God's laws. That's just as simple as it gets. And number two, you got to start showing up as that person, right? Being that person, practice being this person who has forgiven, who moves on with their life, who looks for the opportunities to go out there and live a better life, who shows up as the person they want to be. That's what you have to do. And one of the most practical things that you can start doing today, it costs you no money, it costs you no time, is looking in the mirror and repeating affirmations to yourself. These are affirmations that describe the person that you want to be. Right, and you could do that every morning when you wake up and you go in there. You're gonna, you know, do your thing in the restroom. You can look in the mirror. And you can say it. And when you start doing that every day, you'll start to feel it. Why? Because when you say something like that in the mirror, you are impressing your subconscious mind. Well, every time you sub impress your subconscious mind, you start uh, doing what? Becoming emotionally involved. When you when you become emotion involved, that means the affirmation is now going into the subconscious mind. And if you keep doing it, it will become fixed. Why do we know that to be true? Because that's how you got here in the first place. That's why your self-image is the way that it is. It got there through repetition. So you change it through repetition. And get an emotion involved in the new person you want to be. You see yourself already there as that person. You start feeling like that person. You show up as that person. You make decisions like that person. That's where the transformation occurs. It doesn't occur on the outside. It occurs on the inside. Which is why in the science of getting rich, Wallace D. Wattles told us what? What is the first principle to the science of getting rich? Getting rich means you get whatever you want in your life. He says... To do things in a way you want to do them, you will have to acquire the ability to think the way you want to think. Hey, I look in the mirror. I tell myself who I am. That's you thinking what you want to think. Not you saying, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving. You don't want to think that way. You know you don't want to think that way. To do things in a way you want to do them, to become the person you truly want to be, you will have to acquire the ability to To think the way you want to think. You will have to acquire the ability to think the way that person would think. This is the first step towards getting rich. To think what you want to think is to think truth regardless of appearances. What does that mean? To think like your future self regardless of whatever happened in the past. To tell yourself, you know what, I am worthy. It doesn't matter that my parents did that to me when I was six or when I was 10 years old, or when I was 16, what has that got to do with who I am today? Every day is is another opportunity for me to max out my potential, to do what God wants me to do. Every day is another day for you to do that. But you're not going to do that if you don't acquire the ability to think the way you want to think. That's the first step towards getting rich in your life. To think the way you want to think is to think your own truth, regardless of appearances. To think like the person you want to be is to think exactly how that person is thinking, regardless of whatever has happened in the past. That's just the bottom line. And you practice this. So you go to the mirror, you repeat the affirmations to yourself as you are the person you want to be. You're driving in your car. You're repeating the affirmations to yourself as you want to be. Someone's talking to you, and they may start saying stuff you don't like. Just immediately start running off affirmations in your mind. Just tune them out. You have the ability to take conscious control of what you're focusing on. You do have that ability. This is why he goes on to say, You have the natural and inherent power to think what you want to think, but it requires far more effort to do so than it does to think the thoughts which are suggested by appearances. So, you say, well, DeVore, you're right. You know, I need to I need to think and feel like I am worthy of more money that I am deserving of more money. But then you go and you look at the bank account and what is your thought? I'm broke. And then you never you never make any progress. Nothing ever changes. Let's go back through it. You have the natural and inherent power to think what you want to think, regardless of what's in your bank account, regardless of whatever happened in the past, regardless of wherever your business is right now, it doesn't matter. The only reason why it matters is because you make it matter. You give it that type of energy. That's what it is. To do things in a way you want to do them, to be the person you want to be, to change your self-image, you will have to acquire the ability to think the way you want to think, to think like the person you want to become. You think as if you're already there. That's what you do. How do you think? You use your mental faculties, imagination, reason, will, intuition, your perception. You use your imagination to visualize yourself as that person. That's why I say when you look in the mirror, you're vividly seeing it. So when you recite it to yourself, it's like you're seeing it happening. You use your imagination to see yourself exactly who you want to be. You use your will to focus on that imagination. That's what the will is, your ability to focus on one thing at a time. You use your reason to reject what your paradigm is trying to make you believe, right? The paradigm is trying to tell you that you're not good enough. You reject that. You say, nope, that's not the truth. I am good enough. I am worthy. I am deserving. I get everything I want in my life. I'm always open for good things. right?" And you just go off on yourself. Use your intuition. Your intuition is never wrong. Use your point of view. You look at the good things in life. You have the natural and inherent power to think this way. But it requires far more effort to do so than it does to think the thoughts which are suggested by appearances. To think according to appearances is easy. To think truth, regardless of appearances, is laborious and requires the expenditure of more power than any other work you have to perform. Why do people struggle to change their self-image? Well, because there is no labor from which most people shrink as they do from that of thinking like the person that they want to be every single day, no matter what. Most people fail to do that. Because that's work. That's the mental work. That's like us going to the gym and lifting the weights. Most people don't want to put themselves through that type of pain. I'm going to tell you right now, this is not pain. This just requires focus. This requires a burning desire to be the person you want to be. That's not really painful. Painful is staying the person you've been. That's really painful because that leads to regret. Now. Let's go through these steps again. And I'm going to reference this book here. I told you first step to changing your self image is what? Forgiveness. You got to accept whatever happened for what it is. Number two, you got to look for the good in it. Right? Because what are you doing at that moment? You are taking this situation and now you're looking for the good in it. So now the situation is going to stop being in control of you because it's no longer negative. Number three, you got to let it and uh, you got to let it go and let God take care of the rest. And just forget it. Let it go. Now, some of you guys are like, well, Devore, you know, that sounds so simple. But, you know, how do you exactly let go? Guys, stop overthinking. It's simple. Let it go. Stop thinking about it. Stop giving it energy. Stop focusing on it. Stop justifying it. Stop trying to figure out why. Stop trying to be freaking, uh, what's his name, Matlock with it. Stop trying to investigate it. Stop trying to figure out every reason why this happened and when it happened and who did this and that. You got to let it go. And how do you truly let go? How do you move on from forgiveness? Well, you start thinking for yourself. You start thinking the way that you want to think. That's what you do. You use your mental faculties to focus on what you want instead. You guys don't, listen, this isn't coming from someone who just read this book and I'm just spitting quotes at you, okay? Parents, drug addicts. Cousins sexually molested me. Bullied throughout school. People said, hey, you got ADHD. Your kid has mental problems. Let's put him in a, a room by himself with a counselor. I'm telling you exactly what you need to do because that's what I did. How can I overcome all that? Forgiveness, let it go. Focus on living the life that I want to live. Focus on being the person I want to be. Focus on living my purpose in life. The mind works one way. What you focus on and you get emotion involved in will become planted in the subconscious mind and will replace the, other, the opposite ideas and will change your behavior and change what you attract. It operates perfectly, operates by law, the law of cause and effect. What you put your energy on, what you focus on, there's got to be an effect to that, how you feel, what you attract. It's nothing complicated. It's really simple. It's It's a decision. It's a decision. What did Napoleon Hill say about decisions? Unsuccessful people, they rarely make decisions. And if they do, they take a long time and they change it. Successful people, they make decisions very quickly and they commit to them. They don't go back on them. you got to make a committed decision that you're going to forgive and just let it go. Well, DeVore, you don't understand my circumstances. You don't understand what he did to me. You don't understand what she did to me. I don't need to understand. You need to understand. You need to understand that you need to let it go. Because again, like I said, this microphone is the pain that you're holding on to. It's the hurt, the guilt, the shame. Let this coffee mug represent the desires the good that you desire that you want to come into your life well i can't put the coffee mug in the same position as the mic the mic's in the way you got to move the mic out of the way by forgiveness put for the coffee mug there it's really that simple it really is and i would say for people who really need to study this more often you pick up the book Psycho-Cybernetics and you read chapter 10 because he talks all about it. And for people who go to church and you you are a Christian or maybe you're a Catholic and you read the Bible, well, let's go through it. Let's Let's circle back on this because I just think this is powerful. This is where you're really looking to get to in your life. You want to have an amazing self-image, you got to get to this. A lot of people, and if you read the Bible, he referenced this story in the Bible. He's talking about this. When you truly forgive somebody, you cancel the debt of the other person, not because you decided to be generous or you're doing them a favor or because you are morally superior than they are. You cancel the debt, make it null and void, not because you have made the other person pay sufficiently, sufficiently for their wrongs, but because you have come to recognize that the debt itself is not valid. True forgiveness only comes when we are able to see and emotionally accept that there is and was nothing for us to forgive. We should not have condemned them or hated them in the first place. Now, What does he mean by that? He's going to give us a story here. Not long ago, I went to a luncheon, also attended by a number of other people. The subject of forgiveness came up in general, and the case of the adulterous woman um, whom Jesus forgave in in particular. I listened to a very uh, learned discussion of why Jesus was able to forgive this woman for her uh, adulterous ways, um, how he forgave her, how his forgiveness was a rebuke, to the churchmen of his time who were ready to stone her to death. Well, he goes on to say this, and this is where you really want to pay attention. He said, I resisted the temptation to shock these gentlemen by pointing out that Jesus actually never forgave that woman at all. Nowhere in the narrative, as it appears in the New Testament, is the word forgive or forgiveness used or even hinted at nor can it be reasonably implied from the facts as given in the story. We are told merely that after her accusers had left, Jesus asked the woman, hath no man condemned thee? When she answered in the negative, he said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. The bottom line to this story, you cannot forgive a person unless you have first condemned them in the first place. Jesus never condemned the woman in the first place, so there was nothing to forgive. He recognized her sin or her mistake, but did not feel the need or to be called upon to hate her for it. He was able to see before the fact what you and I must see after the fact in practicing true forgiveness, that we ourselves, when we hate a person because of their mistakes, we are condemning them. We are classifying them as a certain type of person, confusing this person because of their behavior. When we mentally incur this debt that the other person must pay uh, before uh, being restored to our good graces, um, we are not uh, exercising true forgiveness. Now, let me give it to you straight. We are not taught forgiveness from a young age, so most people may not get to that level where when someone does something, the only reason why You have to forgive them is because as soon as they did whatever they did, you went into judgment mode. You went into condemning them. You went into saying they're this and they're that. Well, if you don't even respond to what they did, if you don't even give it any attention, there's nothing to forgive. I don't need to forgive these trolls that are in my comments that they come in sometimes and make inappropriate uh, comments and things like that. I don't condemn them. It's not it's not my problem. That's their problem. What is there to forgive if we don't condemn them in the first place? There's nothing to forgive. See, now we're really going to the next level here. You're rising above forgiveness. So number one, you need to forgive the stuff in your past. And number two, moving forward, you need to get yourself emotionally to a point where there's nothing to forgive. Because you're not sitting there spending time condemning, judging, criticizing, and focusing on what you don't want and what you didn't like. You're not spending any time doing that. This is a powerful concept, guys. Again, Wallace Waddle said it in 1908. To do things in a way you want to do them, you will have to acquire the ability to think the way you want to think. You want to think in a way where you're not concerned with what another person did. You want to think in a way where you're not allowing someone else to live rent-free in your mind because of what they did. You don't want to do that. You would rather be focusing on your kids. You'd rather be focusing on your family. You'd rather be focusing on your purpose, the goals that you have in your life. You don't want to spend time thinking about, an, about another hater. Why would you do that? Because your program. This is why he said, this is the first step towards getting rich. To think what you want to think means that you are going to think truth regardless of your appearances. You think your own truth regardless of what somebody did. We're talking about mental freedom here, folks. That's what we're really talking about. You got to think your own truth. If you're going to show up as the person you want to be, you got to start thinking like that person. That's the bottom line. All right. Let's see what you guys have to say. Uh, Let's put you guys here on the screen. And we'll bring you guys up here on the YouTubes. All right. Excuse me. Perfect timing. I need help in this department. Listen. Let's think about it for a second here. It's the energy that we send out is what we get back. If we're not showing up to our jobs, our businesses, our life as the person we want to be, We're not going to get the results that person would get. Just won't. We just won't. Hey, from Tennessee. I was just thinking about Tennessee yesterday. We had went out to Nashville and it was a it was a I love that trip. The Nashville part of it, of course, Uh, we went to Knoxville and man, that was, you know, talk about the law of polarity, you know, (laughs) you know, Knoxville was, uh, you know, wasn't that great. But Nashville, on the other hand, that was amazing. That was amazing. Weather was nice. It was good. I liked it. Let's see here. My dad used to yell at me to do things a certain way, and I treat myself the same way now. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Let's see here. Why do I find stalkers and sociopaths attractive? It's so not okay. I don't know. I don't have an answer for you on that one. Uh, I think I already... Did someone put the name of the book in the comment section? Um. So there's two books. Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. Again, you can go to the link in my bio. Uh, head over to the YouTube channel for the people on TikTok. And the link to Psycho-Cybernetics is in my YouTube description. All right. Uh... Oh, yeah. That documentary is wild. Everyone, please watch the Tinder Swindler after this live. It's it's really crazy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach. This is scary because I have to go to the root cause. Exactly. But it's for the right reasons. True forgiveness is an everyday practice to not allow yourself to relive the past memories. Exactly. I would say true forgiveness, as stated by, uh, by Maxwell Maltz, is... You let it go. You forget about it entirely. Okay, let's see here. Got it. All right, the thing almost didn't tune in today. Yeah, there you go. I'm glad you guys got a lot of value today. And I will definitely see you later on tonight, Kim. Um, let's see. I love this, and it inspired me to read the book again. Now, listen. Sweet, sweet Rosie Baker. But I want you not to read the book again, okay? I want you to study the book. If you want to get something from a book where you experience a change in your life, you need to study the book, not read the book. Read is when you're just going to kind of memorize it a little bit and keep it moving. Study means you're going to keep rereading it until it gets into the subconscious mind and you see it show up in your life. That's what you want to do. Andre says, uh, or Andrea says, uh, can you tell us how to let go, please? Yeah, I think I did that. Exactly. Thank you, uh, Kiki. Let's see. I, um, I don't know what that word is. Ruminate. What is that? I don't know what that means. You'll have to uh, retype that question. It's underscore me, Vita. I don't know what you're asking. All right, here we go. How do you let go? Simple. Let it go. Remember, guys, success is very simple. Exactly. Uh, best live I found on this app. Thank you, Audrey. I appreciate that. Hi, do you believe in law of attraction or law of assumption? Uh, yes. I believe that those things exist, but I focus more on the law of vibration. See, the law of vibration decrees that everything is moving in this universe. Now, we all have experienced this because when you were in uh, school, whether it was elementary or middle school, uh, you were in the science class, right, or biology where you got to use the uh, microscope, right? You, you got the microscope and they asked you to put like water or some type of um, uh, uh, something on the little, um, the little glass plate, right? And you looked in the microscope and what you saw on the plate before looking at the microscope, it looked like it wasn't moving, right? It looked like it was just solid. But when you use the microscope, you see that there's a bunch of um, particles dancing in front of your eyes. Everything is moving. But it moves at a different speed. Well, that means things vibrate on a different frequency. That's exactly what that is all about. Well, the law of attraction responds to the frequency that you're on. So how do you get on the frequency of what you want? You got to change what you focus on, you got to change the way that you feel, and you got to change the way you behave. You go there, you start acting like you are already there. That is a law of assumption. That is law of attraction. It starts with the law of vibration. Everything moves. The problem is is people think, well, I'll just think about it, but they never get emotion involved. They're not going to attract it. The other part to this conversation is this. We attract who we are, not what we want. We attract what the paradigm is. When the paradigm is in control of you, that means the paradigm is controlling the way that you feel. You're dominating vibration. That's another thing people don't understand about the law of attraction. Is if I just think positively, that's enough. No, you have a paradigm. You've been programmed, you're conditioned to believe in certain things. We were just talking about it today, self-image. That's in the paradigm the way you see and feel about yourself. So when you change the paradigm, that means you change the frequency that you're operating on, and that's what activates the law of attraction. Now, the law of assumption, in a way, um, is really doing what I said today. You see, if you were to assume that you are the person that you want it to be, you wouldn't give any time or day to what happened in the past. You'd stop thinking about that because you're already where you want to be. Right. If you were where you wanted to be and you assumed you were there, your attitude would would be different. You would show up different. You may dress different. You may act different. Uh, Success is simple, guys. Point B, point A. How do you get to, uh, well, let me say it this way. You're at point A and you want to go to point B. How do you get to point B? Well, you start acting like the person who would be at point B. That's what you do. The only thing that stops you from going from point A to point B is your paradigm, your program not to, the comfort zone, fear, ignorance. That's what stops you. And when you start to understand the power you possess and how you can you know, change your circumstances by changing the way that you think, feel, and act, uh, you'll get to point B. Alright, let's see. The energy we put out is what we get back. That's correct. Yes, we're all friendly here. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> hey, the music was great. I mean, we, we got to walk down, we stayed, I don't know. It was like two blocks from the uh uh what is it called? The uh country music museum or something like that, where there's a, the, the, the top of the, the museum is shaped like a guitar. That was pretty, that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, we stayed like a couple blocks from there. It was really nice. Really nice. Uh, what books do you recommend I read? I recommend you read the books you already have. What books do you already have? Comment. Why don't you respond to my question here? Tom, the truck driver, tell me what books you already have and let's 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 work from there share it share it in the comments section. What books do you already have? Ruminating equals dwelling on thoughts. Thank you for that. Uh, so let's go back to your original question. Uh, let's see here. you dwell in negative thoughts at times and it's exhausting. I hate it. Yeah, the thing is you haven't developed a strong will or reason, meaning you have these mental muscles, okay? You have the will, which is your ability to focus on one thing at a time, and you also have the muscle of reason, which means it gives you the ability to accept or reject the power of choice. You're not used used to practicing exercising the power of choice. You get to choose what you accept or reject, and that's a practice every day. You practice only accepting things you want to think about. I read it here for you. Uh, we all have what? The natural and inherent power to think what we want to think. But it requires far more effort to do so than it does to think the thoughts which are suggested by appearances. See, the main question here for you is what do you focus on all day? What are you focused on? What are you involved in? Are you living your purpose in life? Are you involved in things that you love to do? Right. It's all, it all starts in the conscious mind, what, what you focus on. And you have the ability to change that. You just got to practice. Now, there may be times and days where you don't feel. You don't feel it. You're thinking negatively. It is what it is. That's part of one of the other universal laws, the law of rhythm. The tide comes in. It goes out. There are seasons to life. We have great days, and then we have bad days. That's always going to happen. That, there's no way to avoid that. The thing about it is when it happens... How do you respond? That's where the work is really done. You got to practice responding accordingly. And you can respond by doing a couple of things I like doing. If I find myself not in a, you know, maybe I'm not thinking as positive as I should be. Or if I'm feeling like I'm doing a little too much, I'll just stop. I'll go watch a movie. Put on a TV show. play Play some music. You know, do things like that. That's that's what I would do. So you you have the you have the ability to do the same thing for yourself. Let's see here. Yeah, I learned a new word today, guys, so I appreciate that. I think you all are reading everything online and everyone is believing whatever he or she uh, wants to think that is true. Yeah. So. I think just so your understanding of what this podcast is all about. This podcast is all about helping people succeed in their own life. And it starts with what's happening on the inside. Now, I just so happen to be someone who I don't read everything online. I've been through this. I studied this. I've had mentors that have walked me through this information. So, you know, the bottom line is this um, people, whatever you believe to be true, obviously will become true in your own life. The great part about it is There are plenty of people throughout history who have told us what we need to do. They've given us the secret, so to speak, right? The secret is what? You become what you think about. So whatever you focus on, whatever you get emotion involved in, that's who you end up becoming. It's really that simple. How can we change our frequency? So how do you change the frequency that you're on? How do you raise your vibration? Well, it all comes down to what you're focusing on. When you start focusing on the good things in your life, when you start focusing on gratitude, when you focus on seeing yourself where you want to be, you are now on the frequency of what you want because that's exactly what you would be thinking about if you were there. That's exactly how you would feel if you were there. And what actions are you taking? Are you showing up as that person? Are you acting like that person? Are you making decisions like that person? If you are, you're on the frequency of what you want. Do you think we control what we want based on the vibration and assumptions Uh, people say you can change? Uh, Let's see here. Let's see here. (laughs) Do you think, sorry, I I got distracted by my cat. Um, Do you think we can control what we want Do you think we can control what we want based on our vibration and assumption? Do you think we can control what we want? I'm trying to figure out what you're trying to say. (laughs) Oh, that's what it is. Got it. My cat ran out of food. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's great. She's got to eat. All right, let's get back to it. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, do you think we c- I, I I'm trying to understand the question, but I think you're going to have to re- rewrite it for me. Sorry. Um, or not sorry. Just rewrite it for me, please. Good evening. Are also live on YouTube. I want to watch there. Yep, I am live on YouTube. How people show up for you by self-concept. So if you have a toxic friend, change yourself. Exactly. Listen, we attract who we are. We don't attract what we want. We attract our vibration. What is our dominating vibration? Well, it's who we are. It's who we are in the subconscious mind. That controls the vibration you're in. Let's let's look at this. Let's take a look at this. All right, let's, let's take a look at this. Okay. Uh, this will start to make some sense to you guys mirror this video here. There we go. And a little closer. All right. And we're going to take you guys off the YouTube there. All right. Now let's actually take a look at this. Let's take a look at this. What are we talking about? That your subconscious mind controls the vibration you're in. It dictates what frequency that you're on. What does that exactly look like? Well, let this image represent you. The big circle is your mind. The smaller circle is your body. Okay? Now, the first part of this circle at the top is your conscious mind. The second half is the subconscious mind, and the bottom, that's your body right there. The mind controls the body. The body is an instrument of the mind. It's that simple, okay? Nothing complicated to it, okay? The mind controls what you do. The mind controls the organs. The mind controls the muscles. The mind controls the body. Very simple. Nothing complicated, right? Now, what does it mean that your subconscious mind is controlling the vibration you're in? Well, it's simple. The subconscious mind is also known as the what? Emotional mind. All right, the conscious mind is what? It's where you think, your thoughts. So thoughts always will cause your feelings or your emotions, and the emotions controls the vibration that your body will be in, how you feel. Okay? a V for vibration there, how you feel. Now, how you feel in the subconscious mind and throughout your body, that's the frequency that you're on. That's the energy you send out. So let's look at this for example. Sorry guys. Cat's acting up today. Let's say you think that life is hard. That's that's what you keep telling yourself. Life is too hard. Let's zoom in for people here. Uh TikTok, there we go. Life is too hard, right? That's that's what you keep thinking. Life is too hard. Man, so how are you going to start feeling? How are you going to start feeling? You're gonna start feeling like life is hard. That's how you're gonna start feeling, right? And when you start feeling that way, that's what ends up going and being expressed through your body. So that changes the vibration your body in, meaning it changes your actions. You start acting like a person who would say and feel like their life is hard. So what happens? That's the actions that you take. And we'll have to uh, slide this over. There we go. Let's see if you guys can see that. The universe will react to your actions and sets up the results. That's where the law of attraction comes in. So let's look at it one more time. You start to focus on the idea that life is too hard. It's a struggle. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's what you say. That's what you give energy to. This person did this. This person did that on the subject of forgiveness, by the way. Right? You keep living in the past. That's what you focus on. Well, the more you keep focusing on that, what happens? You are impressing that upon your subconscious mind. You start to feel that way. That's the energy you start sending out because it is expressed through your body, through your actions. So your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions are all in alignment with each other. That's the energy that you send out. The universe reacts to that energy and you get the results. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. Now, why would somebody think this way? Why would somebody do this? Why would somebody focus on this? Why would somebody live in the past? Why do we do that? It's simple. It's ignorance. It's ignorance, not understanding, not knowing. That's the negative side of the polarity of life, the law of opposites, right? There's an opposite to everything. There's a negative and a positive. Well, the I right here stands for ignorance, and the, uh, let's see here. Let's zoom out this a little bit. The K stands for knowledge, right? Now, why would someone think that life is too hard, that they can't change, they can't let it go? I keep struggling with this. I can't change. It won't work. I don't see how it's going to happen. I'm not worthy of it. Why would someone think negatively? Because they're ignorant. They don't understand who they are. They don't understand the power that they possess. They don't understand the universal laws. They don't understand what I'm going over right now. So because they're thinking from a place of ignorance, what are they really doing? They worry, and then they start to doubt themselves. That's what happens. And because they keep doing that, that's what they give energy to. They keep doubting who they are. They keep doubting that anything can change. They keep doubting the process. They worry it's not going to work out. What happens? It becomes impressed upon the subconscious mind, which activates the emotion of fear. Of fear. That's what happens. And that fear is expressed in the body as a vibration and shows up, as we all know, As anxiety. So that's the energy that they send out. Let's look at it again. That's the energy that that they send out. They're sending out anxiety. So the universe reacts to that anxiety and gives you more of the same. That's what happens. See, this is exactly what we're doing. Uh, This is what I do with my clients. I help them through this process. I show them exactly how to get from living a life of anxiety... To doing what exactly? Well, let's go through it. I teach you the right information. This is what I do with all of my clients. We get the right information. You start studying the right information. That's knowledge. Okay? And because you start to study it, what happens? You understand. Remember what I was saying. Let's back up here. Why would somebody worry and have doubts about themselves? It's because they don't understand. That's why they would do that. When they don't understand, you doubt and you worry. When you don't understand, you doubt and you worry, right? Because you're operating from a place of ignorance. Now, through that understanding, what happens? You start to impress this understanding upon your subconscious mind, which activates the emotion of what? Faith. Faith and fear is the opposite of the same coin. They both require you to believe in something you cannot see. That's what faith is. Faith is always based on understanding. This is why I said a lot of you guys say, hey, I trust God. God has a plan for me. I believe in his plan. I believe in what he has for me. Well, what does your behavior say? Do you truly have faith or is it just here in the conscious mind? Now, that understanding leads to faith. The faith manifests throughout your body in a vibration called well-being or health. Well-being or health. Okay. So you start to feel great about yourself. Okay? You're you are starting to experience more fulfillment. All right? You're feeling like the person you want to be. Well, again, let's go back to it. Let's look at it. The actions that you're taking, the energy behind those actions, your emotions, that's the vibration you send out. The universe reacts to it and gets the result, the outcomes. That's what happens. That's exactly what happens. So think about it. How you feel, that's the energy that you send out. How you act, that's the energy you send out. The universe reacts to it. That's what it is. So you're not going to be able to do this if you're not working with someone to help you work through this process. Right, so ultimately, we all need a coach, we all need a mentor, we all need someone who understands this and helps us walk through this mentally because I'm telling you what's gonna happen. You're gonna have a situation, let's do this over. You're going to have a situation that comes into your life and you're going to have a choice. You can start to think negatively about it or you can start to think positively about it, but it's up to you. And so whatever you're thinking, that becomes what you start focusing on in your conscious mind. But what you focus on in your conscious mind does what? seeps into the subconscious mind. And what's in the subconscious mind does what? Controls what the body is going to do. And whatever the body ends up doing leads to the result. And that happens because of the reaction from the universe. So, you got to see yourself as the person you want to be. And you hold that image in your mind. You look in the mirror and you tell yourself that you are that person. You assume you're already that person. You see it in your mind. This is how everything is created in the universe. It starts with a thought. We see it in our minds first. That's why we're doing what I'm doing right now. I've been given the hardware and the software to pull this off and and communicate this information to people all over the world. Why? Because someone had a picture in their mind of creating the iPhone, creating the software, right? Creating this camera. They saw it. They got emotion involved in it. They started to feel what it is that they're seeing. They start to feel what it is that they're seeing. They get emotionally involved in it. Well, what does that do when they do that? Right? It changes the vibration their body is in. It changes their behavior. It changes the way that they act. And when they change the way they act, what happens? The universe reacts to that. So what does that look like? The universe will send people, circumstances, and opportunities into your life to help this result manifest. That's how it happens. So someone sees the home they want to build. They get emotionally involved in it. They step out and start talking to the builder. They talk to the architect. They, they uh, talk to the uh, uh, bank to end up getting a, a loan, right? Well, at the same time, the universe is going to send the right people to do the job. Opportunities are going to come out of nowhere. Hey, well even though this is a tough economy right now, we have this program we just launched it. it would actually fit your needs. That's the opportunity. so they get different circumstances than the next person who wasn't doing this process. and what happens with the result? the home gets built let's let's look at it with sports. The quarterback sees where they want the ball to be thrown. Because they've been practicing, they're calm and confident and emotion involved that that's where it's going to go. It alters their muscles in their body. Through practice, they throw the ball exactly where it needs to go. The result is what? The wide receiver is picking up that same energy, knowing where the ball is going to end up going. He gets focused. The result is what? the catch it. The reason why most of the time a wide receiver will not catch a ball when it touches his hands, he's not focusing. That's what happens. This is what's going on, people. This is what's going on. Hopefully that answered your question. I'm sure it did. Zoom out of my big face here. (laughs) All right, let's go back here. There we go. All right. And we'll fix myself here. All right. And we'll pull this up for me. Let's see here. All right. I think that answered a lot of questions that I saw coming. So I just wanted to go ahead and just, you know, take care of that. Let's see here. Uh, I love that you said we need to study these books, not just read them exactly. I just purchased A Course on Miracle. Uh, I love it. I don't know what that is exactly, but I guess good for you. Uh, You're welcome, Andrea. Thoughts on social anxiety? What happens? (laughs) We were just going through it. Social anxiety. Why does that happen? Remember. Social anxiety starts because of why. The person is worrying about what other people think of them. They doubt that they can have a conversation with somebody. It's ignorance. They don't understand themselves. They don't understand how to communicate. They don't realize communication is very simple. They haven't done any studying around the art of communicating. They know of no techniques. They don't even know how communication works. So what happens? They are operating from a place of ignorance. They worry and they doubt. That goes into the subconscious mind. They become scared that they're going to stutter or fumble over their words or the other person's going to think differently about them. Then what happens? That turns into anxiety. It's a vibration in the body. And how does that control their behavior, the actions they take? It alters their body language. It alters the body language. It's just not going to be a good result. It's just a lack of understanding. Cat was manifesting more food. He sure did. She sure did. (laughs) Uh, I love podcasts. I can hear on the drive, inline at the store, replay. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. I really appreciate that. Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, so Listen. I'm going to give you guys just what the bottom line is here. I'm telling you what my mentor told me. That's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. And I'm going to tell you what he told me. You got to make a decision. You got to make a decision that you're going to be the person you want to be. That's it. And you're going to do whatever it takes. You're going to get the help that you need. I've got clients here in this chat telling you guys how much that I've helped them. They've helped themselves. It's a two-way street. I can help you all I can, but you got to help yourself. You got to make a decision. You got to commit that you're going to show up as this person. And that takes accountability and mentorship. So if you're that person that's like, "You know what, Devori? I've heard enough, man. I need accountability, I need mentorship, I need someone to hold my hand and walk me through this. Schedule a call." Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to help you, but we can only find that out by you getting on the phone with me and having a conversation but you got to make a decision you got to make a decision Uh, this is an excellent explanation no one has explained it like this before well you know i'd say this is coming from my mentor bob proctor uh but yeah i hear what you're saying uh tiktok people say we live with infinite realities so if you feel think better about your friend they change yep i guess this explanation is feel think focus better you will get better friends for example exactly Thank you for explaining this so well. Best one yet. You're welcome. Uh, Thank you. I never thought this way. Now I understand. You're welcome. Top G mindset. I love that. Oh, I need to start using that, huh? Top G mindset. (laughs) I love that. You're an amazing teacher. I'm impressed by how you simplified everything. You're welcome. Uh, Oh, I see a lot of you guys really love this. I appreciate every one of you guys. Thank you. Uh, let's see here. How do you know that you are confident if you are if you are in the right vibration? Because you'll feel it. Vibration is what conscious awareness of how we feel. Vibration is being consciously aware of how you feel. Most people are not aware of how they feel. They don't even know what emotion they're feeling because they never ask themselves that question. They're not aware of it. It's unconscious. Vibration is being consciously aware of the way that you feel. Okay. And the way that you feel, that's what activates the law of attraction. So this is why generally when, when you go into personal development or manifestation, what do they tell you? Focus on feeling good. Find things to feel good, good about. All right? It doesn't matter what it is. Gratitude, that's why gratitude is so powerful. It's a vibration. Gratitude is a vibration. It's the way that you feel. Uh, let's see here. Do you have this schedule for me? I don't know what you mean by that. Uh, let's see Gmatic yes. Uh, this is so true. You're welcome. What if you pick up other people's feelings? you got to reject it. you got to reject it you you don't you have a choice on what you're going to accept. You don't have to accept another person's energy. You can reject it. You could take your mind somewhere else and focus on something else. You can tune it out, right? See, when, we know when someone feels bad because we can read their energy, but that doesn't mean we internalize their energy. That's what I'm saying. You don't need to internalize it. You may know what's there, but you don't internalize it. It's like, you know, the news is, talking, is only uh, reporting negative news. You know it's there. But you don't give it any attention. You know, your friend likes to complain about everything in the world. You know they're there and you know they want to complain, but you're not going to give it any attention. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. All right, we're coming down to the end. Uh, let's see here. You reject it by choosing to reject it. It's just a decision. You take your mind somewhere else. Focus on something else. Possibly stupid question. They say match the vibration. How do you know you're on the right frequency? How do you feel? That's how you know. How? What are you focusing on? How do you feel? How are you acting? That's how you know if you're on the right frequency. This is why I say if you're f- the most powerful question you could be asking yourself every day, put a sticky note on your desk. What am I focusing on? That's the beginning of the frequency that you're going to place yourself on. If you're focusing on negative things, you know you're on a low frequency. So if you ask yourself that question, hey, what am I focusing on right now? You're like, oh, let me start focusing on something good. Let me start focusing on gratitude. Let me start focusing on where I want to be in my life and see it in my mind. Now, what are you doing? You're flipping your mind on a higher frequency at that point. And if you hold it there and you keep focusing on it, then the next step is you'll start to become emotional about it. you start to feel the emotion of it. Now you're really on that frequency. And then you step out and you take action. It's really that simple. That's how you know. You know through your decision making. You know through the way that you show up. You know and how you feel about yourself. You know and what you're focusing on. That's how you know. And ultimately, you know it because you start to see the results change in front of your eyes. Uh, let's see here. Are you studying TIR? Uh, yeah, I study it every single day with my clients. That's exactly what I do. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, send me a DM, Gmatic. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here. Why? Because I'm about to get on a coaching call with uh, a couple of clients of mine. Uh, that's what I'm going to head to right now. And so we'll end it this way. This book that we spoke about today is in the YouTube description. You can go there and get the link to this exact copy of the book. Also, if you're a person who's looking to discover their purpose in life, the link is in the bio. It's absolutely for free. It comes with a free video training that will help you um, discover your purpose in life. And number three, if you feel like, hey, you know what? I'm that person that needs accountability. I need mentorship. I need someone to hold my hand schedule a life audit call. There's no guarantee I'm the person that's going to be able to help you, but let's just see what happens. Let's have a conversation. Let's see if I'm the right fit, you're the right fit, and go from there. Thank you guys so much for showing up to this podcast today. Uh, You will find the recording on this podcast immediately right now on the YouTube channel, because I'm live on YouTube. Immediately when I hit end, it's already there. So you guys can go over there and listen or watch the replay. Love you guys. Thank you so much, and we'll see.